0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: If you live with regret, then you don't move forward. You know, I heard somebody say that's why the rearview mirror is small in the car and the window in front of you is big, because you're supposed to take a little look at what's behind you and a huge view of what's ahead. People can get stuck in regret.
0: We've all experienced that moment where we wish we could start all over again. Next, best-selling author Sheila Walsh encourages you to face the pain head-on and start again right where you are.
2: Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson, Betty and I'm thrilled to have you. We'll be talking to Sheila Walsh in just a few minutes. Let me tell you this. You can barely see his picture here, but the title of the book is Death Defying Faith. It's the extraordinary life of a miracle man. Peter Pertoris, God used to change our lives. In many ways, our minister Peter's in heaven. I bet Robin found him quick. I bet he did. Because it was Robin's little kids that would come running out every time we got to Tulsa, little bags of money. <laughs> we'll feed, we're going to feed the kids, Papa and Mimi, that Peter found. I hope you get this book. And I hope you keep reaching out to all the people Peter said, I don't want to watch them keep dying. Well, you saved millions of their lives. Would you just applaud the life of Peter McCord? And you, you can get you can get the book. We're just glad all of you here. Sheila Walsh is here. Would you welcome Sheila Walsh like life today? And Sheila's here. She's on life today a lot. because she hosts life today and she teaches new book it's okay not to be okay where did you ever come up with that
1: (laughs) you know but james i was looking at a photo one day i'm 21 years old i'm in a graduation gown i'm graduating from seminary and i have this look on my face of i'm just going to go out there and save the world for jesus and i found myself thinking i wish i could take that face in my hands and talk to her Mm -hmm and tell her this will not be the life you imagined. You know, you're gonna disappoint people and they'll disappoint you, but you'll survive. Um, your heart will break, um, but it will change how you see people, not as causes to be saved, but as people to be loved. Um, wow. There's times when you'll think that God is not with you. You're totally alone. You will never be alone for a moment. And part of my heart was to, to say to women and to men, it really is okay not to be okay, because Christ has made us all right.
2: Hmm.
1: I live with such a list, an internal list of everything I needed to do to get right so that God would love me. Hmm. And it was only when my life crashed that I discovered God had loved me all along.
3: And I think uh, especially a lot of women feel that way. I know I did as a young girl growing up in church, and church was my life. I did everything. But also there were some expectations there that weren't necessarily from God, but no. they were from people. That meant well, but it was heavy on me. And I thought that I could not ever reveal that I had a weakness right. or that I did something wrong. Because, first of all, I didn't want to disappoint God. But I also didn't want to disappoint those that thought I was such a good person, a yeah. good girl.
1: Mm. I think that's huge. And that's why I tried to make this book different than things I've written in the past. I wanted to make eight steps, things that God showed me of how to move forward in my faith. And the first step is dare to have a gut level, unedited conversation with God. You know, I think to the level that we're willing to be honest with God is an indication of how much we trust him. Mm. If we think we can't show our whole selves to God, then I think we've missed out the glory of who he is. You get to come as you are, you get to pour everything out, and then you get to be held.
2: He can handle whatever we want to dump on him. Yeah, absolutely. And he holds us when we thank him. That no one would. He does. You uh, have got some chapters here that you know there, there there are eight of them, and we could just read off the titles real quick. But one of them that you indicated to me you wanted to talk about in the brief time that we have, because I'm hoping everybody will get the book. It's in the bookstores, and uh, I hope you'll get one. Maybe and get one for someone else who needs to know it's okay not to be okay. You probably know someone like that. By the way, when you buy a book for somebody, don't go say, you really need to read this. (laughs) (laughs) That is just not a real good start. Just say, I found something that really encouraged me and I thought you might enjoy it. So how you approach it, just to take that little word of uh, counsel, (laughs) change the way you think. That's one of them you wanted to talk about. I think that's huge.
1: You know, so often we grow up in church and it's our behavior that we modify. You know, we think we don't do this and we don't do that. But unless it's an internal transformation that we actually change how we think. My son, Christian, when he went off to Texas A&M, he said it was interesting watching the first year, some of the kids that he knew from church or from school, when they got away from their parents, suddenly their behavior completely changed Mm. because it was no longer expected of them. So they just behaved any way they like. And I know part of it at college is, you know, you're stretching your wings. But he said, it's really interesting, mom, to see that why do you behave the way you behave? Do you behave that way because it's expected? Or has there been an actual transformation in the way you think? And I think too that sometimes people think, like take a scripture. Like I, I did a little thing for myself when I was studying for this. I went through my Bible and I looked at every verse that I'd underlined. And I tried to understand, okay, why did you underline that? So one of them was when David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. And I thought about that for a while. And I thought, clearly, whatever I meditate on is what's going to come out of my mouth. So if I spend most of my time just coming home and flopping down in front of the television, and that's all I take in, then that's going to be what's coming out of my mouth. Whereas if I take time to, every day I choose a scripture, just one verse and I stick it on my car, stick it in my mirror, I stick it on my mirror, <laughs> stick it on my mirror, <laughs> and, and I meditate on that. And I think it's, it's like re wallpaper in your mind, changing the way you think changes the way you behave.
2: And if you could think on the things that are true, whatsoever yeah. things are true, think on these, that Philippian passage is very powerful. It's pretty tough to even find a verse in Philippians that's not applicable right oh, I know. now.
3: Excuse me, this is this doesn't just happen though. No. We have to make a choice to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I, I know that uh, when, when we first married and everything, I kind of had a, a negative attitude about life in some ways. And James was very upbeat, very positive. He always has been. I've
2: been mostly perfect <laughs> since we got married. <laughs> I would choose that word. But. Just this incredible example is like living with Jesus.
1: Wow. What?
3: Lightning strikes. Where did that conversation come from? How did you know what I was thinking?
2: So <laughs> where was I? Nobody mess you up.
3: But, I mean, I just kind of had a ne- negative outlook on things sometimes. And he was my, he still is my greatest encourager. Yeah. But he said, you know, you use the word can't. Too much. Mm -hmm. You can do all things Mm -hmm. through Christ, you know. So I
1: had to change my way of thinking, like you said. That's huge, Betty. Yeah. One of the words I've banned in our household is should. Is what? Should. Yeah, I should have done that. I should
2: have done that. I thought
1: you said shoot. (laughs) 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 You shoot. shoot. (laughs) Yeah, we don't shoot each other because we shouldn't shoot each other. But you know how much, when people live with regret, Mm -hmm. you know, I should have done that, I should have gone to college, I should have done that. If you live with regret, then you don't move forward. You know, I I heard somebody say, that's why the rear view mirror is small in the car and the window in front of you is big, because you're supposed to take a little look in what's behind you Mm -hmm. and a huge view of what's ahead. People can get stuck in regret and instead of shooting each other, they (laughs) shoo each other. (laughs)
2: Wow! Let's get down here. To this chapter yeah, here. Yeah! Wow!
1: This is going well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is an exciting book. It, you wanted to talk about this? Then this seems strange. Celebrate! Celebrate <laughs> your <laughs> I'm learning to speak Irish. <laughs> Irish. <laughs> celebrate your scars as tattoos of triumph.
1: Yep. I am you, big on that.
2: <laughs> tattoos?
1: <laughs> uh, well, maybe. <laughs>
2: Okay. Celebrate your scars. Okay. You've had some because you've made it clear that you've, you've had some. Yeah. But celebrate them.
1: Absolutely. Our scars are proof that God heals. Yes. Because they're no longer open wounds. They're scars. And God tells his story in scars. You know, the only thing in eternity that will be left as a scar from earth under the wounds of Christ. Mm. He could have chosen to walk out of that on that resurrection morning and leave the scars behind, <laughs> but he didn't. Mm. He chose to walk out with the scars and said to his disciples, look. So if Christ is not ashamed of his scars, why should we be ashamed of ours?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Expand on that. Expand on that so someone will understand what you mean and how they would mm-hmm. Take that on in the right Okay,
1: let me give you a good example. I was speaking at a conference a couple of months ago, women's conference, maybe a thousand women, but there was one gentleman sitting on the end of a row. And I thought, I wonder if he was maybe church staff or how he got there. And at the end, when everybody else had gone, he was still standing there. So I went over to him and he turned his full face to me and a good part of one side of his face was gone Mm -hmm. and he could hardly speak. And I said, you know, sir, nice to meet you. Um tell me a little about yourself. And he said, when I was 15 years old, I took a gun and I put it under my chin and I pulled the trigger. And in the millisecond between when the bullet left and entered my skull, I heard Jesus say, do you want to live? And I said, yes. Mm. And he said, the bullet is still in my brain. They can't take it out. And he's now married with three daughters. One mm. of them was there, beautiful. And I This is what I said to him. When you look at yourself in the mirror, is that a horrible reminder of a choice you made? And he said, absolutely not. It is a daily reminder of the grace and mercy mm. of God.
2: Mm. Yeah, That's beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> you know, when I look back at my life and know that uh, contrary to this earlier moment when I said it's <laughs> like living with Jesus, uh, I, I just realize that I, I miss the mark sometimes, it seems like as far as you can miss it. And I feel like sometimes, you know, you just make a mistake or sometimes it's foolish, but sometimes it's almost like you just decide, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And you just feed the flesh or you try to satisfy your own appetite or desire. And you realize that you're just kind of trampling on the very blood of Jesus and his love. And uh, you know, when you come to your senses, like the prodigal did in the pig pen, isn't that amazing? that this kid has been given everything that his dad had for him, no reservations. And then he not only wastes it with riotous living, but he ruins the family name and reputation. He just wrecks everything. And he ends up in a pig pen. But he remembered what it was like in the father's house. And in the midst of that mess, he thought about the father's house and he got up and went back to it. What's happened to me when I miss the mark, I've always remembered what it's like to be in the Father's presence. And the love that's there, and that that guy, that kid that shot himself, he heard it poured out on him. It poured out on him enough that he could glorify God with the scars. You've been through a lot of things in your life that, could have left some very deep scars and did, but you've you've glorified the Lord. So when you look at all the people here and the people watching on television, what would be your suggestion? Because you know, you go into great detail with every issue that you discuss, every challenge, all the eight steps. What would you say to the viewer today, okay? You know, there's scars and failures like James has talked about. We missed the mark, make a mess. What do, you, what do you say to him? Just, just talk to our audience a little bit.
1: Well, I think one of the most beautiful things about our Lord and Savior is that He is the Redeemer. There is nothing, nothing that you have gone through that is wasted. Psalm 56 tells us that Christ, God catches every single tear that has fallen from your eyes in a bottle. Why would He do that? perhaps because he wants us to know he knows the weight. Maybe you've thought, nobody on this earth understands the pain I've gone through. Nobody knows how I've soaked my carpet with tears. I want you to know God knows. He has caught every tear. And the beautiful thing is, if you read in Second Corinthians chapter one, he says that we are comforted so that we can then comfort others. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things. And you know this, Betty. Yeah. Um, That when you have gone through something that has broken your heart, that when our pain is offered to Christ, he uses that to reach the lives of other people.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you talked about the tears. I know when we lost our daughter, I shed lots of tears, (laughs) still do at times. But there was a point that I got to in, in that journey with God, just along with God, that I felt the weight of the tears changed. There was something about it. It was more tears of rejoicing because God was there in the midst of all my heartache. And it changed for me. And and the relationship with God changed so much. And you you don't realize that when you're going through pain sometimes. But if you can come to a point to where you say, God, I can't make it without you right here with me yes you love your family you love your friends that say they're praying for you and they love you but God is in the midst of it right in the center of your pain and if you allow him to he wants to wipe away your tears and fill your heart again with joy and peace that passes all understanding and you think I don't know if I can get through this time but with God you can And He promises He will never leave you, nor forsake you.
1: Beautiful, that is
2: Beautiful. I mean, all of you who are watching, I don't know what's going on in your heart. But as much as we could and we can, we're trying to get God's arms around you to know, for you to know how much He loves you. And He really understands your heartache your loneliness, your pain. I want to pray for you, Father. You may just want to get down on your knees. Just, Father, just join them right there and just to comfort them. God, heal the hurt. And God, just do a deep work. In Jesus' name, Just, just look up at us. Look at me and do anything in the world there to lighten your load it's why we're here if you watch life today you say will you help people all over the world (laughs) yes we do but we start by wanting to help you right where you are you see the phone number there it's a prayer line that's paid for by love by somebody that loves God and loves you and if you just call that number and say would you pray with me you'll find somebody that's anxious to pray with you and pray for you. They'll love you. So don't hesitate to call. Sheila's book's in the bookstores. And I'll just tell you, we've got Peter Pertorius' book, Death Defying Faith. We're gonna give it to anybody that'll try to reach out and touch some of the love. If you want Sheila's book, we'll send it to you. Because we want you to know it's okay not to be okay. And God's gonna hold your heart. I want to show you something. And Sheila, you know, because you've seen it so often, You've seen the love of God that our viewers make possible all over the world. And I want you to watch because this this man that helped save millions of lives and we joined him in it. You did. I want you to watch this. And I want you to really watch. I believe you can through the eyes of Jesus, watch.
4: In the unforgiving terrain of Angola Africa, with its scarce water for crops, an overwhelming number of mothers struggle to save their children from starvation and illness. Too many lose that fight. Catalina is one of those mothers. Usually, it's barely enough, and sometimes they go without. In the daily desperate fight to feed her children and keep them healthy, Catalina is given no respite and no reward.
5: I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not a a Juliet was the
4: second child Catalina has lost. The heartache is familiar and overwhelming intensifying her fear for her remaining children. There wasn't anything we could do for the two children Catalina already lost, but her remaining children and the multitude of other mothers, with your response, we can help ensure their story is different.
2: just uh, watching that that image at the end of digging those little graves. Betty and I started watching it more than 25 years ago, about 30 years ago. Some little graves are just about this big and some a little bigger. And we watched hundreds and then thousands of them. And uh, just like that mother, she represents, hundreds of thousands of mothers that would like to keep their children. And it's really important to understand this. They don't have a lot of entertainment. Their children are their joy. They love them so much. And so we started because of uh, Peter Pretorius showing us God's love. He didn't. He, he and Ann and his family and and we didn't know if you'd help. Thank you. Millions, way over ten million people, children, families saved because we fed them. We got uh, thousands right now, over hundred thousand. That the missionaries have organized where they're hungry, and they say, If you'll come here, we'll feed you. Who's we? We. You. Betty and I can't do 400,000. We feed a lot. I mean, we really are faithful givers. And we're asking you to join, and let's feed those children. So, what we're asking you to do is to go online or dial that number. Take your bike card and use it just like a check. I want you to make the largest gift you can. $30, 50 or $100, and I'm going to ask you to consider the 100. If we can feed three, five, or 10 children. Would you help us feed 10? $1,000, we can feed 100. Would you, would you do that at whatever level you could help? And, and don't you dare think, well, I can only do 30. Because what does that mean? to the mother of three children. So would you please dial the number that's there hundreds of people are calling right now. Somebody pray for me. You better believe it. Because God loves you. We love you. But would you please help us feed these children? Would you please stand with these missionaries? We want to send you Peter's book, any gift. We've got some beautiful, beautiful pens, Faith that Old Pens, and then the bridge of faith that, uh, Thomas Kincaid painted. Be a blessing to you. Betty, I'm believing everybody watching is going to help.
3: I believe you. You've always been so faithful to help us, to feed the children. Isn't it worth it when you find out how many lives have been saved? Please continue helping us. We love you.
2: Thank you so much for doing it. Go online or dial the number. Take your mic. By the way, if you ever call and you get a busy, a lot of people, we call them to give their life to Christ or to get right with God. But you be determined, I'm going to get through because I want to help some of those children find life. Thank you so much for doing it.
0: In impoverished and drought stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great. And without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. Through Life's Mission Feeding Outreach, you can save lives by feeding and caring for children currently suffering in parts of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need your support to replenish food supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for 3, 5, or 10 children for 3 full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Death Defying Faith, The Extraordinary Life of Miracle Man Peter Pretorius. This autobiography, completed just days before his unexpected death, chronicles the thrill-seeking adventures of missionary Peter Pretorius. You will love reading how God took this ordinary man and performed extraordinary miracles throughout all of Africa. With your gift of $100 or more, request the beautiful Faith and Hope Pen Set, two beautifully crafted pens featuring the key words of Hebrews 11.1, a key verse for every believer, especially when facing adversity, trials, and challenges. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request The Bridge of Faith Framed Canvas Print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today.
2: Well, Betty and I just say in behalf of so many families and so many precious little children, thank you. We'll send you uh, Peter's book, and it is terrific. It's his story, and I'm glad our story is a part of his story. It's just beautiful, and if you'd like to have Sheila's book, it's in the bookstores. You can go online and get it. It's going to bless you because Sheila is a blessing, but you help us help those kids, and she's... Been asking people to help for a long time because she's right there with her arms around them. You want her book, you just reach out and touch them with love, you ask for it, we'll send it to you. Join us in saying thanks to Sheila Walsh. Sheila, bless you. We're glad you're part of the life team. Thank all of you for watching. I hope you were blessed.
3: One morning, um, I made the discovery that my worst fear had come true.
0: Lisa Turkhurst, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.